Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Ido Erev, professor of industrial engineering and management at Technion, the Israel Institute of Technology. Dan and Ido discuss how smaller punishments may be more effective for cheaters than more severe punishments. So I'm sitting here with Ido Erev, who uh, used to be by far the most handsome bachelor in the Society for Judgment Decision-Making until you decided to get married. So you didn't lose the position. It was by choice, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're still a very handsome guy. Um, so uh, you have been doing research on students cheating. I, I can't believe students cheat. They cheat? Well, they don't really want to cheat, but they really don't like to be sucker. If they see other people around cheat, you know, they feel that, uh, you know, they have to do something not to suffer from that. So basically, they, it's not that they want to cheat, but they don't want to lose because they're honest. Yeah, I think that most of them, uh, the vast majority, don't want to cheat. But when other people cheat, then they really are forced, especially when they think that there's going to be some normalization. Normalization means you're going to um, regrade depending on the curve, and based on that, they feel that if they don't cheat, they're kind of losing, they're behind. So how, how can you prevent that? What, what do you do? Yeah, we think that most, uh, most rule enforcement pr- problem, not only cheating, a problem that has uh, a bandwagon effect. That is, if most people do something, you want to do it too. The reason in cheating is not very deep. The reason is that the proctors, that is, or the professors who try to uh, find people cheating, if everybody in class are cheating, the really probability of, of uh, their ability to punish an uh, individual is very, they really cannot do it. So, but this, this is a different story. So you're saying if lots of people are cheating, People are also cheating, but partially it's because they think that you can't catch them. So it's a combination of you can't catch them and they don't want to be left behind. Exactly. So there are two reasons why when many people are cheating, you want to cheat too. First, you want, don't want to be a sucker. Second, if you try to cheat, you cannot be punished. So it's become really a dominant strategy to cheat too. Now, this feeling of not wanting to be a sucker, you think it's an Israeli uh, sentiment? No, I don't think so. Israelis like to think that uh, it's their... Uh, no, I think it's birthright. everywhere. Birthright. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a human kind of thing. I don't know about animals, actually. But I think people don't like to be sucker for sure. And so if everybody cheats, then it's become to be an equilibrium. This is, in fact, an example of a Nash equilibrium. When everybody cheats, it's a good idea to cheat. You cannot be punished and you protect yourself. So how, how do we... But this is not the only Nash equilibrium that is possible. Yeah. Another thing that if no one else cheat in, cheat, cheats in class, then if you're the first person starting moving your, uh, your eyes around, then the proctor or the professor can see that, and that is not good. So the question, what's the best way to get to the good equilibrium, in which good equilibrium at least from a certain point of view... And we think that one way to do it is uh, to start with having all your resources. In the beginning of the exam, the professors and the proctors have to, ch- to, fu- to invest all their effort to find the first people that move their head. If they do that, and even a gentle punishment, just moving them to the first row, uh, will prevent cheating. If they wait too long, after a few minutes when everybody moving their heads, 
then it's too late to enforce the law. Okay, so if you wait for 15 minutes and people start talking and moving and so on, then you're saying people have the notion that they are suckers and the equilibrium is about cheating and everybody participates. Yeah. But So maybe what you want to do is you want to have a stooge in the class. You have a student who pretends to be a student. And in the first minute you say, you moved your heads, you failed, leave the class. Huge punishment for the first person to move, and now you've established the norm, plus everybody's really afraid, and there's a low chance of uh, this deteriorating? Yeah, I think uh, you, do really, you don't really need large punishment. It's enough just to gently move a person to the first row. In fact, large punishment do not work very well here because if, uh, well, if it was a stood, that would work. But if you just punish someone with really large punishments, they're going to get very upset. It's very costly to the professors. They don't want to get into that. So universities in which they have really severe punishment have problems because the professors are, don't really want to give any punishment at all. They you know, I had, I, had, yeah, I, had, I had a student in, in the class that I gave that I gave him a D. And it turns out that his company would not pay his tuition for the whole year if he got a D. And I had to start justifying this D. The amount of work of this D was just unbelievable. So you're saying big punishment, not only um, they might be very effective, but the professors don't want to give them uh, because uh, then the amount of hassle is high. So you're saying think about little punishment, but early, and establish a good norm and a good equilibrium. Exactly. If you... create the right uh, incentive in a gentle way people will just be honest in this particular example okay now you have lots of kids right how many 15 uh, <laughs> only two and huh? that's a little bit different problem with my kids so so do you do these uh, little nudges of uh, a small punishment for the kids to, to push them to a good equilibrium No, but my daughter, uh, Mayani, she does that. She, every time I try to check my email while driving, she will give me small punishment. And she is very good in enforcing my behavior. Very good. Thank you very much, Ido. Thank you. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Duke University behavioral economist Dan Ariely. Dan's latest book is The Upside of Irrationality. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.